0: Welcome to the TEH, the Tech Enthusiast Hour podcast, where several hosts talk about what they find interesting in tech this week. The show notes for this episode are at tehpodcast.com slash teh54. This week, we have all four regular hosts. I'm Randy Cassingham, founder of ThisIsTrue.com, the oldest entertainment feature on the internet, and the Get Out of Hell free card. Don't leave this earthly plane without one, an online, offline, viral.
1: And I'm Gary Rosenzweig. I'm the host and producer at MacMost.com, where I post new Mac and Apple tutorials pretty much every day. And I also do the same kind of thing, but for WordPress users, at WPTipsAndHacks.com. And I make lots of game apps, mostly for iOS.
2: And I'm Leo Notenboom, the Leo behind AskLeo.com, where... I ask t- or answer technical questions and hopefully make technology a little easier to use and point out to people that, in fact, this is episode 55, not 54. Aha. Mm. Oops. Mm.
3: Oops. <laughs> Oops. I'm Kevin Share Savitz. I'm Kevin Savitz, the Kevin behind freeprintable.net, which offers free printable documents and templates and faxzero.com, which lets you send a fax to anywhere in the U.S. or Canada for free or for $2, depending on what you're in the mood for. Sounds
2: fair. So, Kevin, you went on a trip.
3: I did. I took a trip. Um, I am the proud person who has a new pug friend. We um, went to Texas to pick up a pug from a friend I, of mine. I assume you're talking about a dog. A dog, a pug. Now my first question, Leo, is can we still be friends? Because you are a dyed-in-the-wool corgi person, and now I, I have a different competing small dog, and I want to make sure that we're it, still
2: good. It's a, it's a small dog. It, it's, a, it's okay. <laughs> okay. We, we could tolerate pugs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good. It's um, a
0: small dog. Eh? After all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um,
3: let's see. So uh, a friend of mine and, and a, a retro computing atari-ish friend of mine uh, who lives in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area uh, has his he is not a breeder but he is he has a beloved purebred family pet pug and they decided to have um have it have babies one time and um and they, they had a beautiful litter of eight pugs and um uh this was you know back in s- September. Uh around that time our family dog had died and um you know we were all very sad and then my daughter was just like who's uh, almost twelve, she was just like I, you know when, when we when we're ready when when we're ready to get another dog in a year or two, whatever it is, I would really like a pug. Um she was just totally been looking at pictures of pugs online and everything all the time. And uh, I just happened to like show this, these pictures of this litter of pugs to my wife and daughter. And I was just like, Hey, you know, well, look, my friend, they, he had some, you know, he has some baby pugs. And that was my mistake because it went from (laughs) we're getting a new dog in a year or two to, so we're getting one of these dogs. Right. (laughs) Um, and so we, um, went out to we flew out to um to dallas fort worth on thursday and we picked up the dog now um pugs aren't supposed to fly like ideally they they can but i guess because they have breathing issues Mm -hmm. uh, because they're ridiculously small-faced weirdo little (laughs) dogs right so um We made a ridiculous family adventure out of it and drove through, let's see. uh, We drove through Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, corner of Wyoming, Idaho, and Oregon. Um, And we did that in, we drove a little bit on Thursday, um, drove all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and drove a couple hours today, Monday. Uh, So basically a four or five day trip um, with the dog in the rental car. And uh, just got home a couple hours ago. Wow! Uh, The dog's name is Gigi, which uh, yeah, um, and she is adorable. And I'll put a picture in the in the show notes. Um, Gigi is is short for something. Now, you know, my daughter wanted to name the dog, and my wife loves to name things, and wanted to name the dog, and I wanted a couple of I wanted something in there to to uh, honor my my friend that we got the the dog from. So. Gigi is short for Georgina, Francina, Plato, Cherry Holmes, McFlufferson. <laughs> <laughs> Mc, Mc, McFluffelson, I want to be accurate. The uh the Play-Doh part of it. Here, here's the, the very, very weak technology link. Um here is uh Play-Doh is uh named for the the online service, uh the educational online service, um, uh which was developed in the late 60s. Uh, let's see um, uh, which uh, I never remember programmed logic for automatic teaching operations, which was the first generalized computer assisted instruction system, which started in 1960 at the university of Illinois. So uh, my buddy Thomas, who we got the the dog from um, is developing a uh, Plato um, uh, server uh, and he's developed clients for many uh, old computers, so you can actually run uh, access this his, his, this doh server to, edu- to a- access the, the this educational old educational system on your Atari 800 or your Apple II or your TI 99 or uh, or your modern computer. Um, that was part of this trip as well as I I uh, brought a, a Texas Instruments 99 for a computer. Uh, out to him in Texas because he wanted to, he needed to test his, his Plato client on his, uh, on our, on our, on real hardware. So I took this Texas insurance computer back to its homeland of Texas. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, traded it out for, for an adorable little puppy. I, I like that. That's
0: a, a real computer in your, in your world. <laughs> <a real> <laughs> I
3: mean, it was, <laughs> <at some point. laughs> Well,
0: I convinced my brother to get a a PC way, way back. And he said, I have a computer. It's Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. I said, no, you need a real computer. (laughs) And he did. He got it
2: it's funny you're so when you um looked into this trip did yeah. you actually look into flying back with the dog and they and they politely declined you or? no
3: we i mean we initially were thinking about how are we going to do this trip are we going to be able to get this dog and 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 peace uh, my wife and her initial research was just like mm, it says pugs aren't really supposed to fly um now she follows uh, in the in the intervening months she has become a little pug obsessed and follows several pugs and Pug Rescue groups on Instagram and and, and Twitter which makes me don't tell anyone, but it makes me think like this is not going to be our only pug because eventually, <laughs> oh, you know, no. the, the, someone's, someone's going to call it and say, oh, our dog needs a dog, you know? We, we should have a long
2: discussion, Kevin. I, I've, really? I've been down this path. There's a reason I have three corgis right now. I'd be exhausted by this.
3: <laughs> uh, this dog is so ridiculous. just so little and just looks like a space alien. And I mean and she's sweet and I love her, but it's just, it's just weird. Anyway, so um, she follows these corgi Rescue groups online, and there was this one group. I, I believe the lady, and don't quote me on this. I believe the lady is called the Pug Lady, and she uh, found uh, some uh, maybe ten or twenty pugs in China that were not being cared for, um, and they were going to be put down. And blah, so she and her rescue group paid to have. All of these dogs flown out to the United States. And, you know, so all these dogs survived a trip from China and these dogs were not in good health. But uh, apparently, uh, I mean, so optimally, you don't want to fly a pug, but you can. Um, Apparently, more than 60% of the dog deaths that happen um, on airlines are short, what are they called, short-faced dogs.
2: Oh, right. So I was going to mention that there have a couple been a couple of airlines that have specifically banned and I think that's the term actually short faced dogs because they uh, and it all came to a head. I think it was last year or the year before when um acc- accidentally um a flight attendant instructed a, a passenger who had their dog in a carrier in a in a dog carrier mm-hmm. to put it in the overhead bin, and it did not survive the overhead bin. Right.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Um so- Anyway, I, you know, it was just like, are we going to fly her back? It's like, ah, it'll, it'll be a fun family trip, and we'll have a we'll have a road trip, and, uh, and yeah. it was fun. We listened to a lot of podcasts, and uh, you know, read read a, read a book aloud, and uh, it was good. Sounds like a great experience. It was good, yeah, yeah. And now well, we're welcome. slowly introducing the dog to the cats, which is going to be another whole other experience. <laughs> That's
2: funny. Yeah, no, you're, this is, this sounds like you're on, on, um, uh, step one of becoming not just a, a pug owner, but a pug collector. Um, we,
0: uh, <laughs> I heard that sigh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's funny because we were we actually met up with our corgi breeder today for a couple of different reasons. And we had, between the two of us, I think we had six dogs. And she, um, somebody, you know, we were there and out in public and somebody said, you know, do you breed? And the breeder, of course, said, well, yes, we breed for show, this, that, and the other thing. And, I've just got a standard line now we work, we collect, we, we don't breed. We just collect. And that's, I think I I see collection in your future. I really do.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. More, more my wife and my daughter, I, this is, I I see them doing that and I'm just going to be along for the ride. And just like, it's at some point you just got to go. Yes, sweeties. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, she doesn't, I, listen I, to I,
2: this pod, she doesn't listen to this
1: podcast, does she? No,
3: she's never listened to any of my podcasts. You know, I'm on three podcasts and she's never listened to one. So I feel relatively safe. I can be honest. and how yeah. feelings so
1: if, if she listens to this one, it's kind of a win-loss, even-out situation. Like, yeah, you listen to one of my podcasts, but why did it have to be that one?
3: Right. No, no she yeah. knows how I, I mean, I, I, I just, I think it's, I don't know. I think the dogs are silly. I think the, the trip was silly. I think it's, it's all adorable and silly and cute. And, and uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not in control of this, this particular uh, trip. This, 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 the pug ride that we're about to take. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let go and let dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: All right, Clearly. Gary, what are you doing?
1: Oh, well, I cooked a bunch of things the last few days. Uh, first, I did a, a, complete site redesign of macmost um simply because somebody mentioned that the site looked old <laughs> they actually were agreeing with me i was talking to somebody and i was like yeah oh, yeah and, you know here they were showing me their site and i was like here's my site and i said yeah you know the designs a little old and they said yeah yeah it looks a little old i was like ah so mm-hmm. you know i said sp- <laughs> i say- i was like i didn't want you to agree with me you're supposed to go and say oh this is great so i uh i was like let me dig into the css here and Try to modernize it, and uh, then of course you just open up a rabbit hole. And I spent three days lost in code—you know, CSS, HTML, you know, uh, WordPress theme stuff—and uh and then I came. So out did you keep the stuff. same theme? I, you know, well, it was my own custom theme that I developed yeah. years ago, and in, this is the actual third version of it. um And I didn't really change it that much. Like, I didn't change it like where it's a completely different—you know like everything looks different. It's just like I modernized the banner. So it fall. It, it has a background and, and it goes across the screen in, in a responsive way, just like, you know, the modern websites do, whereas before it was more of a fixed thing. Yeah, you know, I, was I, moder-
0: just, I was just playing with the screen width to see if it was responsive, and it is.
1: Yeah, and I and I went and I, you know, decide, modernized the sidebar and how the backgrounds worked and everything like that, you know, kind of 2019 look instead of a twenty. 15 look which i was sporting before but under the hood i'd say probably the the size of the theme is probably half like i really went this time i said this time i'm not leaving stuff behind you know before i was like oh there's a bunch of css i don't think i need but uh it works now i went in this time and i was like what is this tag you know for what do, what do i need this uh you know class for what do i need this id for and got rid of stuff clean stuff out uh Went through every single theme file and made it lighter and faster, and then did the same for my, mo- you know, the responsive part of it, so it responds width-wise and even the AMP pages for Google Mobile stuff, and really just went through pretty thorough. So the look isn't, you know, you glance at it, it's still black on the top, it still has a sidebar on the right, but it's just a much cleaner lighter feeling site. It's funny because I got the notification
2: through your what, your Patron, Patreon Patreon yeah. feed, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. And so I went and took a look to see just exactly what you did. And you know, I'd be hard pressed to point out specifics. It definitely looks cleaner, mm-hmm. but it's still MacMost. I mean it's still
1: Yeah. Well specific. I think if if you look at it without looking at it how it was last week, you right. look at it and say, hmm, I, I can't quite pinpoint what's changed. But if you compare it you know, to a screenshot of what so it looked I'm like sorry. last week, you would be like, right. "Oh, yeah, lots of stuff's different." Right. Um, so that was so I did that. That was the good stuff. Now <laughs> I know you you're interested to hear about this, Leo. So I I lost two MacBooks today, but it's not as bad as it sounds. The first <laughs> the first MacBook I lost uh, was simply my current uh, MacBook Pro with Touch Bar, uh, and it uh, the one of the keys was being a bit of a Problem, you know. Sometimes not responding. Like eighty percent of the time works. Ten percent of the time, it gives me two letter ends, and 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 another ten percent of the time, it gives me no letter ends, which makes it hard it to type.
3: It evens out, though.
1: It, it, it does even <laughs> out, and actually, uh, you know, autocorrect uh, comes it comes in handy with it. But it was just annoying enough that I'm like, well, I'm not going to live with that. So I took it in, and this already had a keyboard replaced. I bought it in 2016. In 2017, I had the keyboard replaced because the arrow key stopped working, and now I brought it back in. And what I was hoping for, knowing that it was way out of Apple Care, and it already had one keyboard replacement, I was hoping that they would open it up, clean it out, and then it would hand it back to me. It would be working fine, because I know they'll do that. You know, no, no problem. Um, but they did that, and unfortunately, it did not. Uh, it did not work. So they were like, well, we'll just send it in and get a keyboard replaced. I'm like, and that'll cost me like, Oh, nothing. Like it's a almost three years old. (laughs) I don't have Apple care. They're like, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we'll, we'll take care of it. Oh, okay. Sweet. (laughs) So that's sweet. So then I got, so, you know, okay, I'll get that back in a few days. So then I came home and I'm like, "Well, I'll get the, uh, what's my backup laptop? You know, I have my desktop. That's what I do all my work on anyway. But you know, what do I what do I have here? So of course, my last laptop, my daughter has that. The one before that, my wife has that. So I have to go back to the one before that, which is a which is or should I say was a 2009 MacBook Air, really nice light model, one of my favorite laptops of all time. And I grabbed that out and booted it up, and it started booting up right away. You know, and I used it like a year and a half, two years ago on a trip where I traveled to New Zealand. I I didn't want to take anything good with me because I was going to be leaving the laptop behind, like in the trunk of a car for a few days, and with my luggage, you know, places for a while as I went hiking and stuff. So I wanted something that if it got stolen uh, or lost, I wouldn't care. So I brought it with, and it worked fine during that trip. I brought it out this time, and I sat it on the desk, and I it booted up, and I, the trackpad wasn't being very responsive. And then I then it felt like, oh, it's sitting on something. Like there's something underneath it. I lifted it up. There's nothing underneath it. I put it down, and I start trying to hit the trackpad again. It's like, no, it feels like, is there something stuck to the bottom? And I look, and there's nothing under it. And then I noticed that the legs, the little feet, aren't touching the table. <laughs> like, how Uh-oh. is that possible? And I look at it, uh, oh, The center of the MacBook is touching the table. And then I look at the top, and I said, and the keys in the middle are much higher than the keys on (laughs) on either side. I'm like, wow. Uh, Okay, it's been sitting in a drawer this whole time. Um, I did a quick check on the battery, and fortunately, there's plenty of times you want to see good things when you look at the battery. The thing I was looking for is I wanted to say, it wasn't charging because if it was charging, I probably would have pulled the power on it right then and there. Um, but it said, no, not charging. I'm like, okay, so whatever fail safes are built into the tech of the battery have already gone and said, I'm not charging this thing. I'm not letting any power into this thing. Uh, it's, it's the problem. So that allowed me then to, uh, kind of wipe it clean while it was plugged into power, knowing that the battery wasn't getting any power and I wiped it clean. And, um, I'm going to keep a careful eye on it for the next few days, and when I take go back to the Apple Store, I'm going to use their recycling program and hand them that one.
3: The whole it. computer. Oh, oh, oh can, can computer. I can I tell you the story about my use of the recycling program? Did I talk about this le- last time? I don't think so. Oh, this is this is weird. This is super weird. Okay, I'm gonna I'm hijacking right now.
1: Okay, yeah, go.
3: All right, so um, I have told the story about I got the iMac, and then my my. My daughter's, uh, my old iMac became my my daughter's, and then it died, and then so I felt justified in in getting my new iMac Pro, right? Yes. Um, So I sent the old iMac back to uh, by Apple's recycling program, Mm -hmm. Um, and they sent me a giant empty box and foam padding and stuff, and uh, so, I, I had already like deleted everything off all the hard drives and and you know, triple wiped and all that good stuff that you're supposed to do. And I packed it in the box and I did the foam and boom. And um, it was prepackaged with a FedEx label on it. So I drove it to the shipping place I like to use and I gave it to them and it whisked away. And they said they would, you know, use the parts, recycle it, and do whatever they're going to do. Perfect. Time passes. A month later, I get a FedEx package. And
2: <laughs>
3: I think I hear it's coming. And I recognize the box. And I was just like, right from the beginning, I'm just like, oh no, this, this is not going to be good. It's the same box. It's very heavy. I have to sign for it. I bring it inside. I open it up. And of course, it's my iMac again. No note, no letter or anything. It had clearly been opened. Repackaged very poorly um, and was, it didn't work when I sent it off, but it was broken now. I mean, it had been, it was like the, 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 the metal was warped. It had clearly just been damaged in transit. And so now I, I with no explanation, not, no nothing, just now it's back and it's my problem again.
1: <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Weird.
3: Yeah.
2: So you still have it?
3: I still have it. It's in it's in the garage, and now I'm going to take it to Free Geek, which is this computer recycling place in Portland. Um, but it was weird. I mean, that's it, so bizarre. It it went away. They clearly looked at it and didn't like it for some reason, and sent it back. <laughs> no, 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 anything. Now, to be fair, I don't know if this helps at all. I di- It didn't go back to Apple. It went to Ingram Micro recovery or something like yeah, that. It's so, been around for a long time. Yeah. So cl- clearly this company that Apple outsourced to, but then they paid to ship this heavy broken computer back to me. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
3: so, wow.
0: well, that's not what I was anticipating. I thought you were going to say you got it back and it worked. <laughs>
2: oh, I wish.
3: No, I, mean, I didn't plug it in. I didn't try <laughs> it. it. It was definitely in worse shape and it was clearly put back in the box by someone who, did not package it with any care i mean the 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 screen the big old giant screen was facing outward and you know with no foam protecting it it, it was i don't know it was really really weird so apple recycling program the one time i've used
1: it i mean this was it was not uh, and it took a month too with it which is approximately boring. i didn't time it but yeah it's like what where, what happened to it <laughs> i mean at some point it got sent to the wrong department and maybe your drive was securely wiped <laughs> or something or yep. hmm. the, the,
3: the only the only thing and, and this doesn't justify what happened the only thing i could think that i did wrong was when when i initially filled out the 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 online form saying hey i want to recycle a computer they asked is it working now and my answer was yes. When in in actuality, it was just like iffy. It was like really on the. I mean, I'm get, getting rid of it because it wasn't working well, right? It like does it boot? I'm just like, oh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it'll boot. It might not run after it boots. So, because if it if you send them a working machine, they said they will credit you back a small amount. They said they might, you know, credit me back up to 130 dollars or something like that so i'm just like sure i'll take that gamble so did i say it worked and send them a non-working machine maybe but all the same they should have gone okay this doesn't work we'll recycle it and not given me a credit they probably spent that much money on shipping so
1: yeah well i'm thinking with this one i mean i don't i don't have the option to send it away (laughs) i I don't want it in the house anymore let alone (laughs) you know, going to send it through postal mail. So I'm hoping, you know, that Apple will just take it. No questions asked, you know, and I will explain to them that, look, it's bulging here. You know, don't put it with, don't put it with the other Macs, you know, put it in whatever fire safe box. Battery
2: dying. Yeah. This, this has to be the week of bulging batteries. It really does, because I think I told you guys last week that, you know, I'm doing this new machine and, and, and I'm doing the trickle down thing. And I came up with this nifty idea that, OK, my old Dell laptop, I should put it over there. I've got this old Microsoft Surface that's been connected up to my scanners um, and basically acting as a glorified picture frame in the corner of my office for the past couple of years. So and it'd be kind of, kind of cool to actually have a tablet out when I'm looking at TV or something like that. So I put the, put the laptop over there and hooked up the scanners and did all that kind of stuff and wh- uh, whipped out the, the Microsoft Surface and started playing with it. And it felt a little weird and to make a, a very long story short, the display layer, the, the, the I don't know what it is. It's a plastic plexiglass type layer that holds the display down to the main body of the thing was separating from the main body of the thing. And it's the exact same thing. It was the battery bulging and it has, I mean, it's one of unlike, unlike you, Gary, my, this machine has been plugged in continuously for the past, I don't know, two or three years. Like I said, it just sort of sits in the corner Um, I was going to be happy if it held a charge uh, just because I know that that's mistreating the battery. But in reality, um, it had been very slowly uh, getting bigger. And I'm in that same case. I I don't really want the thing in my house. (laughs) It's sitting in the garage right now, kind of a safe distance away from other flammables. Uh, And I'm looking into what can I do with this thing? How do I get rid of this thing? I have to to call one of the recycling places that has been um, uh, recommended to see if they'll take a bulging battery. It's, you know, there's two different things, right? There's, will you take a battery to recycle? Sure. No problem. Will you take a bulging battery to recycle? Maybe. Will you take a bulging battery that won't come out of a laptop? Is a tablet machine that i don't know and that's what i'm gonna to have to find out
0: that's what sledgehammers are for
2: <laughs> that sledgehammer's in an open field maybe um it's tempting to take it out somewhere safe poke a hole in the battery and see what happens but i'm not going to do that while it's in the house
1: yeah i'm so. i'm trying to so i've i'm i didn't want to put it away somewhere right i want to keep my eye on it for the next couple of days you know i don't want it hidden in some closet and right. not notice it's getting worse so there's that and there's also the thing is like if i go if we're all going to be out of the house at some point, like tomorrow. I probably wouldn't leave it in the house. Like I'd probably stick it on the cement patio at back. Uh, Just, I just don't feel comfortable with it sitting in the house. Now I know also that, first of all, it has no charge on it right now. So it's, that makes it less likely to be a problem and it's not getting charged. And you know, it's, it's probably perfectly fine, but uh, still,
2: it's interesting to read some of the literature on what to do with bulging batteries. And step one is always stop charging it. Yes. <laughs> unplug that sucker.
1: Well, that's why I was like, I went immediately to check to see if the software had, uh, it was denying power to it.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't know if mine was still trying to charge. I did, you know, yeah. unplug it right away. And it lasted long enough for me to basically destroy the data on it. Um, I did I did, you know, it's funny, there's this mistake you're never supposed to make, uh, especially on a Linux machine, you guys will recognize this, where you're in uh, in the root directory and you <laughs> accidentally type rm space dash, dash, dash. dash yeah. star, yeah. right? Yeah. I did that once by accident on, on a live machine, Unfortunately, it wasn't yet in production, but um, that's what I did on my, on my uh, uh, Windows 10 for the heck of it, to see what would happen because it would delete a bunch of stuff. And it I actually had to, to take a couple of, of whacks at it to get rid of as much as I could. Uh, but yes, I was successful. The machine no longer boots. So,
1: Yeah, that's what I, I made mine unbootable too, just... So it's definitely a dead machine. Even though it worked per- perfectly fine, that was kind of a shame. Yeah. You know, here it's it's loaded up. It's it immediately connected to my Wi-Fi. Yep. It had everything. It was it was not Mojave, but it was High Sierra. Right. And, you know, I had a a titanium MacBook which had a removable battery. That might have been the last one they made that had a removable battery. And at, at one point, I was actually using the thing. Um, without a battery because it gotten old and, and oh, right. I didn't want to get a new battery, but the bat. So it was just an empty battery compartment uh, and it worked fine as long as it was plugged in. And it, that thing, even the screen came off like the actual hinges broke on the screen <laughs> and the ribbon of the cable that was supposed to be hidden was actually visible and it still worked right like i just had it propped up and i was running like a, some process or something like that and but can't do that with uh with these ones that the batteries are built in i mean i guess i probably could if i wanted to but it's it's a 2009 machine it's not worth it
2: exactly yeah that was also part it was of it like, i know this is this was literally an original microsoft surface when they originally came oh. out with the device several years ago so um it was a nice little device for its time but no it's it's dead now Well so. uh, yeah Stories. Moving on.
1: Uh, unless, uh, Randy, do you have anything interesting happen this week?
2: Hey, compared to that, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so let's move on. All right.
2: Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, you can't compete with a bulging battery. Um, so uh, we've not been doing Breach of the Week for the last few weeks, but you know what? It's time for it to come back. Breach of the Week! <laughs> um, last week, I think it was last Friday, uh, I got notification from haveyoubeenpwned.com where I've been notified that, yep, you know, one of my one or more of my email addresses was part of this breach. And by the way, here's this really interesting blog post about. What they, what uh, Troy Hunt, who's the guy who runs uh, Have I Been Pwned, actually blogged about uh, something he calls the 773 million record collection number one data breach. I like the number one part. Uh, Yeah, well, and you know, his blog post tells you how he came to that name. It just has to do with with the data as he found it. But it's interesting. It's three quarters of a billion email addresses with, wait for it plain text passwords. So yeah, normally when we uh, talk about breaches, especially here, we've been talking about them in the past. We're always saying, you know, yeah, you know, it's a breach and they've got your email address, but the spammers already have that. The passwords were all hashed. So you don't have to worry about anything really. As long as the hash algorithm was halfway strong, the hackers don't have your password. That's not the case. In this case, um, anybody with access to the data collected in this collection, number one, has a bunch of email addresses and corresponding passwords. It's uh, very, very unique in that sense. It's unique in a couple senses. One, it's huge. Um, You know, three quarters of a billion email addresses is one thing. If you actually take a look at the the blog post, as it turns out, there are 2.6 billion records in this database that he's, uh, he's uh, found online. And he actually talks in his blog post about where he finds it and how it all comes together. 2.6 billion records from multiple different um, uh, hacks or breaches. He's not even sure that where they all came from or how many of them are truly legit but his research is showing that, yeah, you know, the email addresses, the passwords, those are passwords that have been used with that email address. So when you see other um, headlines, uh, a lot of the the various news organizations are choosing to use the larger numbers. Uh, I've seen the the two point six billion number used, and the and a one point three, I think, about half that. Uh, It's 2.6 billion records, 1.3 unique email addresses, 1.3 billion unique email addresses. And this 773 million record collection that he's actually talking about is really the important number. It's 773 million unique email address and password combinations. Uh, And it's just incredible how big this is. Uh, and yeah, everybody and their brother is probably in there. I mean, 773 million records is, uh, you know, is a pretty, pretty big number.
0: My big surprise is I did not get a notification. So I don't know if that means I'm not in
2: there or what, but go look, com. Go have well, a look. Um, but it doesn't tell I, I, you which... Um,
1: it does. Uh, it, does it? I, I did it. And of course, I see the ones I usually see when I go here that I know that, you know, my email address has been in, but collection number one shows up for me. Yep. Well, it so. says
0: I, I've been on 12
2: breach sites, but it doesn't list them.
1: It won't list the sites. It
2: actually, it, that's one of the things he doesn't do is, is he doesn't actually list the specific sites, certainly not for collection number one, but he'll tell you the breach that it was part of. So if you're in collection number one, he'll tell you that you're in collection number one. If you were affected by the Equifax breach, you'll get, you know, he'll tell you that you're in the Equifax breach, but that's about oh, as much I as it.
0: I think I see it now. Okay. So there's got it. There's a—I thought these were just example breaches, but no, they're specific to the ones I've been in. Okay.
2: Yep. 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 So, so Leo and Gary, it sounds
3: like you two do the subscribe thing where you enter your yes, email address. I get address.
1: notifications. Yep. Right.
2: I have not done that before, I but I'm I gonna, don't do
1: it either, but
2: I, I kind of hmm. sort of recommend it. I mean, on one hand, you know, the you guys and I, you know, we're, it's probably not a big deal cause we're not doing the uh, the usual uh, use the same password everywhere kind of stuff that what really gets a lot of people into trouble Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Um, It's interesting. And there are two pieces to note. One is you can subscribe individual email addresses. Uh, So for example, you know, my personal email address is where I get notified all the time because I use that all across the internet. But you can also subscribe domains. If you own a domain, like I own notenboom.org or askleo.com or something like that, then uh, it can notify you in any email address on that domain shows up in one of these breaches. I find that kind of kind of interesting.
3: What I'm seeing here, I did my two main email addresses and it's scary. I mean just like Patreon, yep. Ticketfly, yep. Kickstarter, yep, yep. dropbox, yep. yep. Oh come on guys. (laughs) So so, all right, I don't know. Wow.
2: There's two pieces to that, right? Is for each one of those specific notifications, if you're in, if you use those services, well, great. Step one: change your password. Uh, the other one, though, is that uh, you know if you if you haven't used them forever, or like MySpace is a great example, uh, you know maybe go close the account. <laughs> maybe you don't want to want to have that out there. But most importantly, and this is what what really affects most people, and apparently Kevin, since he he did whisper it slightly under his breath. <laughs> Stop using the same password everywhere. The the issue the, the bigger issue is, you know, if, if say MySpace gets breached and they find out your MySpace password, well that really should technically only affect your MySpace account, except if you use that same password everywhere else, or at least in a number of other places. Hackers know this. They will go take that email address password combination and they'll just start trying Gmail and Outlook.com and Dropbox and Apple and who knows what else they'll try. City Bank. Oh, yeah. if you, yeah, yeah. And if you happen to have the same combination at a different place, they won't hack in, they'll just log in and then change your password. So that's one of the really important things about basically signing up for and getting the notifications on this thing to make sure you're, you're, you're aware that, yeah, the password that you were using at this particular place got compromised. And if you're using that same password elsewhere, stop that. The other service that uh, he offers is, um, I forget the exact name, we'll certainly have the URL in the show notes, uh, but it's basically have I been pwned passwords. You can enter a password you use. Again, it's, a lot of people feel icky about that. You're not entering it with any kind of credentials. You're just entering a password uh, with no other associated information. And he'll tell you, did that password show up in any of the breaches? And you will find, actually, it's kind of surprising, My oldest eight-character password that, to be honest, I too have used on multiple sites, does not appear in that database. It was apparently a good choice way back when. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, certainly other passwords that I've been known to use in various places, yeah, they do show up in that, in that list. And that's a sign that not only should you not use that password in more than one place, you should just not use that password because hackers know about it. It's out there in the wild.
1: How, uh, how do you see which passwords they think they have? Um, you don't. Oh,
2: yeah. um, okay, I so don't think- there's no way to know. I don't think he actually stores the passwords. I think he's storing a hash of the passwords like a good password storage would do. So he will test what you offer against that database, but he can't tell you what's in that database. He also, again, in that blog post, he explicitly does not keep any kind of email address, password association because that, that would be um, a, a, a potential security risk and end up making him a huge target. So, uh, and potentially have, potentially have some interesting liability implications but the um, uh, but the point is that you know here's a database of passwords they're not associated with anything, but if yours is in this database, you want to stop using that password so it's like I said it's it's one of those things where it's a really it's fascinating one of the most frustrating aspects of this particular breach and the news that it's making across uh, various news organizations is that honestly? it's not actionable. There's actually no action you can take as a result of finding yourself in collection number one. The reason being is you don't know why you're in there. You don't know what service was breached that caused your information to show up in collection number one. So um, I've actually got an article coming coming out on this in a couple of days, but really the only thing you can do is use it as a reminder to make sure your security, your password security, your account security, your techniques um, are as secure as you can make them. And particularly for those who are opposed to using a a password vault, stop that. Use a password vault. It makes using long, strong passwords uh, possible. Easy. It makes using unique passwords across the like in my case, I've got like three hundred different accounts in my LastPass database. I'm not going to remember three hundred passwords. I only need to remember one, and that's the one that gets me into LastPass, and LastPass does all the work for me. That's the kind of stuff that'll help you keep keep you secure in situations like this. But specifically for collection number one, I don't really have any advice for things people want you know to do. Just make sure you're secure and. You know, use this as a reminder that that the world's a scary place.
0: And I'm going to disagree just a little bit because if you 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 know that there's lots of people out there that haven't changed their password in ten years. So if you see your email Uh, password combination and it's you're still using it, the action is change it right now.
2: Um. So uh, clarify for me, Randy, because because we may in fact disagree on something. If you see your email address. In a breach and they're, you know and and it's it's a breach related to your email, yeah, of course, change it, but passwords don't go stale if you've got a good password and it's not showing up in a breach correct, right.
0: that's what I say showing. if it shows up
2: i i I didn't get the
0: um, number one notification, I'm not in there, apparently, which really surprises the heck out of me cool, but my understanding is that it was saying. Here's the email and passwords that were in the, in the breach. So it's, it, if I understand correctly, it also tells you what password is associated no, with that. No,
2: no, 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 no. Okay. Only telling you your email address is in here. Got it. Okay. Right. So we don't know what account. We don't know if it was your email address, if it was your email account or if it was your, your bank account, account
0: or whatever, yeah,
2: or your whatever, whatever other account uses that same email address as your user ID. Got it. Uh, there, and there is from this no way to know, uh, which is why I say it's not really actionable other than just sort of ratcheting up your security overall and re- using it as a reminder that security is important. No, I've been, uh, I've long held the position that, uh, uh, Randomly changing a password because it's "quote unquote" old is of um, zero to marginal value. I really don't think. Pa- yeah, and
0: I agree with that. It a doesn't. good
2: password doesn't get bad because it's old. It gets bad because it's been exposed, and that's why you use these kind of tools to, uh, to, uh, to make sure. But if you've well, got a good, the same good, long, strong for password
0: for or- something like seventeen years because I knew it wasn't going to be
2: guessed. Right, right. And and I'm in the same case, right? I've got some passwords that are incredibly old. I may have been using them, you know, 20 years ago when I was at Microsoft and they're still good. There's no reason not to use them unless they show up in one of these breaches. So anyway, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of like breach of the month, to be honest, because it's a, it's a big one. But like I said, it is frustrating because we don't have any specific actions we can tell people to take as a result of it other than just pay attention. Cool. All
0: right, so Gary, you've, talked earlier about your new robot as i recall was that you
1: <laughs> no not me well well we this kind of follows what we were talking about about uh dogs you know and pets and stuff um this is kind of more out of ces from earlier this month uh there is a, a new robot on the scene or it's uh coming soon uh and it's called the uh lovat uh, and it's basically this little robot on wheels that you can get for your home. And all it does is love you. All it does. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't clean anything. So it's going to help my leg? What? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't clean anything. It doesn't perform any chores. It doesn't bring you anything. It's just this little penguin kind of looking thing you know, with big eyes and all cute. It's got, you know, lots of gadgets. It's, you know, cameras and microphones and speaker. And, you know, the eyes themselves are, like, mechanical and they move in some way. And it can roll around and it's got a battery and a charging station and all. But all it does is basically uh, move around and ask for hugs and, you know, in in, in little – not even – uh, Vocal you know, not even like uh, words, you know it just uses sounds. ask for hugs, it likes to be picked up, you can rock it and it will go to sleep uh it will um no recognize faces and people that do nice things like hold it or pet it or rub its nose or whatever it will like, and people that ignore it or do mean things you know you know i guess i don 't know what you would do kick it or whatever uh it will start to dislike. And that's all it does, and it's like a two thousand dollar robot. So this
3: is an expensive Tamagotchi.
1: Yeah, it yeah it basically does, <laughs> and it got me thinking about uh, you know because of course there's you know robot dogs. There've been robot dogs now for a while, um, although they're you know not that advanced, but still uh, that when we talk about robots, we often talk about like oh when are th- we going to have robots that can do things for us, you know. That could really I mean we have little vacuum cleaners that are robots, but ones that maybe can do a little bit more than that, do household chores, you know, robotic lawnmowers, that kind of thing. But it's
3: going in the wrong direction.
1: Well, no, I don't know if it is because here's the thing. If you think about it, is first of all, um, it, it it could be a very pop, it could be the killer app for robots instead of actually performing a task just this loving you kind of thing because human beings are we're actually really good at uh loving things or letting things love us like for instance um we attach ourselves to pets very easily of course uh as we've talked about already on this show and i I'm, don't
2: know what you're talking i don't know
1: about. what <laughs> and and hey i've i've you know we've got two cats and a dog here believe me i'm i'm in that same boat um people fall in love with uh, you know things that are precious to them possessions and uh, and other things that are important to them even th- even animals that are not pets you know uh stray cats that visit every once in a while and things like that and even I mean people fall in love every day with fake people you know like scammers <laughs> you know you hear stories people getting scammed, you know uh grandma falls in love with somebody that's you know from another country and then you're like oh grandma it's not that's not a real person you know they're trying to scam you that kind of thing but people do all the time and so i think it's pretty a pretty interesting thing for like a killer app for a robot to have something you buy specifically to love or love you and and kind of bring you happiness in some way um And, and then, you know, the $2,000 price tag sounds like a lot, but as pet owners, we know that you start to add up dog food and vet vet visits and um, all sorts of stuff like that, that, uh, yeah, you know, $2,000 is, that's nothing for the lifetime of a pet. Yeah, easily. I mean. Most of the cats I've owned in my life at some point, they've needed that much yep. in veterinary bills, you know. Uh, so it's not really that outrageous of, a, of an amount. And, and to me, it seems interesting. I think we could end up with uh, bef- the first wave of robots in our lives are ones that don't really do anything, they're just basically pets in a way or pseudo pets. You know, not exactly. They don't have to be like dogs and cats. They can be different in some way.
2: You realize this is all part of their master plan, right? Yeah, really. I know. This is is how they infiltrate by not doing anything and just looking cute. And then they start turning on the microphones and then they start turning on, you know, whatever else they uh, suddenly... Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, you know, I think
2: it's, it's more subtle than that. They'll start to influence <laughs> us to, uh, you know, don't you really kitty you know, robot kitty really likes this food from Amazon you know, or something like that. Right.
1: <laughs> well, there's two points to that. First is that uh, I, heard, I once heard somebody talk about, you know, what's the most successful uh, biological entity on Earth? And that would be wheat because wheat has <laughs> conned us into basically spreading what was a meager small weed. Uh, into covering a large part of the surface of the planet. Um, so forget human beings. Human beings, we're this, we're just the servants of the wheat. We cultivate <laughs> it and we've uh, we've spread it all around. And you can bet that if we go to other planets, we're bringing wheat with us. That's right? True. So so there's that to to think about. And um, the other thing is that uh, you know it's it, it, I'm sure the wolves probably thought the same thing ten thousand years ago hey, we'll infiltrate these, these humans over here by this campfire and we'll get them to, to like, you know, help us out and it'll be our evil plan. And now uh, Kevin has a pug. And I was going <laughs> to say, you've,
2: you've seen that meme floating around, I'm yeah, sure.
1: The, the pug with the little stupid uh, crocheted uh, birthday cake on its head.
2: Kevin, yeah. by the way, you, you asked earlier if we could still yeah. be friends. You'll lose me as soon as you put clothes on your dog. So uh, already lost. All right.
3: So
1: I, I, I think, but was it I, you or was it somebody well, else? It's,
3: it's somebody else. Yeah. So the, the girls are talking constantly about dressing up this dog cute. And, and, and I, that's a bridge too far for me. Mm. Um, and I'm just like, I'm not going to walk this dog. If it's dressed as a fairy princess or anything, I'm just <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, however, this dog is is small is 14 weeks old and um is, gets it's cold and she's like you take her outside when it's 50 degrees and she's shivering after 5 minutes well, so she
2: used to texas us to begin with
3: yeah yeah um she so she came with a coat and and it's not i it's 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 pink but it's 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 more functional than like adorable um and even even in that coat she's just like gets cold fast so yeah no this dog ha- at this point in her life at least needs to wear clothing because she's she's little and small and cold so yeah. Okay, well yeah and,
1: yeah and and uh I've got the same problem here as is, is my dog unfortunately is wearing a sweater at this very moment. I did not put a sweater on the dog, okay, and yes, the dog does shiver, you know, and so I've agreed. That well agreed like I had a bunch of a choice I I let the dog then put the sweater on the dog and it's the conditions are it's only now because it's winter because he does shiver and no when I take him for a walk that, that the sweater is not on him you know? apparently that, I'm,
2: the I'm the only one idiot. I'm the only one with real dogs here that don't need yeah. clothing
1: <laughs> well and, and as my family points out it's like well when you t- you go in one of your backpacking ventures you put Uh, clothing on him i'm like it's a backpack (laughs) he's carrying all of his gear he's got a backpack on He's like it's the same size and shape as the sweater i'm like it's different (laughs) he's carrying stuff he's on an adventure it's well
2: we'll so to bring it full circle we'll know that the robots have won if you start taking one on one of your backpacking trips
1: oh yeah well they you know those robots that the um uh, what's that company, you know, Boston dynamics or whatever. Yes, I yes. mean, those dog lo- looking like robots, I mean, that's one of their main functions that they're trying to develop is the idea is they can carry gear for soldiers, right. pack mules. Yeah. yeah. Pack mules. Um, and that actually is a really good use too, cause they don't have to be that smart. They just got to follow right. And follow in uh, over yeah. rough terrain and carry terrain, lots, yeah. lots of stuff and conserve energy so they can get you know carry lots of stuff
2: the biggest the biggest limiting factor for them right now it seems would be uh the battery, just the you know the amount yeah. of well in that case those guys, if I'm not mistaken they're gasoline powered if I remember right they're pretty noisy, yeah. but um you know having some having some kind of source of energy that actually makes sense for it, like a long backpacking trip
1: right all right well we certainly veered off into dogs a lot on this episode of course
0: <laughs> well, speaking of robots, I've got one okay oh. Uh, this but is no actually dogs. a follow-on to episode 46 regarding STIR slash SHAKEN. And so we're talking about robocalls. STIR stands for Secure Telephony Identity Revisited. Reasonable. SHAKEN is not so reasonable. Secure Handling of Asserted Information Using Tokens. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, what that is is a effort by several different phone companies to gather together to combat robocalls. And what the problem is, is when a call comes into a carrier, they're just obligated to switch it off to the next, you know, hand it off to whoever needs it next. They have no idea where it's coming from. They have no idea if the attached caller ID is accurate. And guess what? It isn't usually. So, Verizon has announced, this is the news part of it, that they're going to not only use this system in their anti-robocall tools, but they're going to give that free to all their subscribers. And I can hardly wait. Mm. Yep. Yep. So that also kind of throws down the gauntlet for the other carriers to not charge for it. And since since Verizon has mostly been charging for their uh, anti-fraud tools, it's about time.
2: It's interesting because I actually, I do get uh, random calls on my Verizon mobile, but I get way, way more on my landline. Mm. And yes, I, I still have a landline, um, but it's it's one of those things where if Comcast were willing to do that for the landline side of things, because they're my carrier here at home, um, that would make me a happy camper. Um, not that I, I love that Verizon is doing this. I think that's great. Um, but I think that it's not just mobile. It's not just a mobile problem. I think all carriers of all telephony uh, need to uh, need to step up here and, and do whatever it takes to uh, to reduce the the incidents.
3: Let's talk about the contorted nature of that acronym, though.
2: <laughs> it's it's really. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
0: horrible. It really
3: is. <laughs> <sighs>
2: yeah. It definitely is a, a square peg. Being squished hard into a square, you know, round, hammered, hammered into an (laughs) octagonal hole. Yeah, with
3: a mallet (laughs) and a screwdriver. No, it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put that
0: acronym, uh, the spelling out of it on the show page because I know nobody remembers what it (laughs) was. I said. Say get Say again. It's secure telephony identity revisited slash. Secure handling of asserted information using tokens, K E N S or K E N is the, the the can of shaken. I mean, it's just it's horrible.
1: Well, you know, and those, just those telephone to be guys they just
0: by you know invoking shaken not stirred or something.
1: At some point, you just got to say, okay, it's not an acronym. We just came up with a name. We've yeah. given it a name, right. and it's our name because we made it. And that's it. And it's that a would
2: broken. as in it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Screen okay. time. So I should spend more time on my screen, Gary.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> i hate sundays
3: come and my phone is just like you spent five hours per day on your phone and
1: it's like leave me alone don't judge me stop it so here's (laughs) here's my thing so there was you know it's out (laughs) we'll link to an article that it it talks about um how you know there's all the all this science behind or supposed science behind screen time right spending too much time on your phone is especially children and everybody goes and says oh yeah uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah that makes sense and then, you know, the article talks about how, well, when you actually look at the science, the science isn't very good or conclusive that that's in fact the case. Um, and it, it made me think of, you know, to me, it, your phones, are, phones and other devices are tools. And it depends how you use them. Like, I always think of when we go out to a restaurant, like the other night, family of three sitting at a table and somebody could glance over at us at any time or a lot of time and see three people sitting at a table together, part of a family, all staring at their own phones. And you could judge that really quickly and say, oh, wow, they're not even communicating. They're not even talking. They're just staring at their phones. What's the point of even going out to dinner together? Blah, blah, blah. But what's happening, in fact, a lot of the time is two people are actually playing a trivia game uh, against each other. You know, the the questions being, you know, part of the app and go the back and forth um, and laughing and, you know, uh, you know, doing gamesmanship, you know, in real life as they get questions, right or wrong uh, and pass turns back and forth. And the third person, me usually is actually looking, reading news and commenting on it. Oh, did you hear about this? And, if it was 20 years earlier, we may have been sitting at a restaurant, and there may have been a deck of cards or a board game or something out. Or and, some magazines. And a, and a magazine or a newspaper. And if you saw a family with you know, two people playing cards and another person with the newspaper, you probably would not have thought the same thing. Yet, we're using the tools of the phones as the same thing we're just we're not dragging all those items with us to the restaurant we have them all on our phones we can play these trivia games and sometimes all three of us play trivia games too um, against each other using our phone as the uh you know instead of a deck of trivia cards and a board
2: it's fascinating because my wife is a voracious reader and she almost always has her kindle with her and yeah it's not uncommon for us to be at a restaurant and she'll have um, you know have her kindle out reading a book and i'll be doing whatever on my phone but um had she pulled out a real paper book yeah um, people would not be nearly as judgmental and it's, it's exactly the same it's exactly right the same
1: well thing. i you know sitting at the or just if if somebody is sit, sitting by themselves at the park looking at their phone people would say look they're in the middle of the park it's beautiful out and they're just staring at their phone but if it was a paperback book People right. would say, oh how nice, somebody's in the park reading. But oh, you could right. actually be reading on your phone.
2: There's a great um, a, God, I, I wish I could find it. We'll have to look for it again. There was a picture uh, from it must be the turn of the previous century of a subway where everybody is looking at a newspaper. And you know, they've all got the newspaper out, they're reading as they're as they're going to wherever they are. And there's some commentary about how this is the end of human social interaction because everybody's got <laughs> their buried in a newspaper, of all things. So, I mean, we've been here before, too. I mean, there's, there's nothing really, you know, everything old is new again.
0: Well, one of the new things that they're saying on this one is it changes children's brains. Well, yeah, it does, but so does reading, so does going to school, so does riding your bike, swimming. Right. Everything changes your brain.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of times these studies, uh, they they do look for like, oh, it it affects something. It affects your health. It affects, like you said, your mental state. But um, you could focus too much on something like it could be, oh, uh, uh, I think think it's mentioned in this article about um, ADD and how that there's a correlation between too much screen time and young kids and ADD. They said that's true, but also eating like breakfast cereal. As a correlation, you know, and so you could go and sometimes say, "Oh, we don't. We think staring at our phones is bad for us, and oh, it's linked to this thing. It's bad. We got to get rid of it." And ignore things that are much more like much more of an effect, like maybe the sugar intake or caffeine or something like that. Uh, you know, you ignore the big factors to pay attention to the little factor because it's kind of hip right now to go and say, "Oh." Looking at your phone is bad for you. So anyway, that's all I have to say on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're all busy
2: looking at our phones. <laughs> right.
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, communi- Okay, there is one more thing I'd say on it. Communication too is another thing. Is a lot of times when my daughter's looking at her phone, um, she's in fact communicating with people, and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, social media, and that's bad for you too." Um, but as a child who was growing up at her age before social media, before phones. um, You know, I spent a lot of time listening to records and, uh, (laughs) you know, playing single player computer games when it wasn't convenient to travel, to be with friends. And it would have been nice to have a way to communicate with a group of friends.
2: It is interesting. That's one of the things that I occasionally will come back to is that, you know, yeah, they've got their face in their phone. What are they doing? They're talking to their friends. They're communicating with their friends. There's social stuff happening just because it's not the kind of social stuff that you recognize or that you would have done yourself when you were that age, doesn't make it any less um, you know, of, a, of a connection. Can it be abused? Of course. But don't just assume that the tool is at fault here.
1: Exactly. Uh, Bullying is the other thing to say. Oh, bullying takes place on social media. Yeah, you know where else it takes place? In school. In school ground. (laughs) Yeah.
2: The playground. Been been there, done that. I was I was bullied as in in grade school, and it was not fun. And no technology was required. I can tell you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The trip we just did. I mean, we just did this this long road trip, and Peace drove the whole way. And so her whatever half an hour when we were in a restaurant was her. One time in hours to look on, you know, check her email and send her texts and whatever. And uh, so, yeah, it just and, and, and also, we've been in the car together for hours and hours. If there's something yes. that we needed to say to each other, we've had that conversation. It's, you <laughs> it's your
2: one chance to look at something other than you in the road, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: right, exactly. So, stop judging me, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, uh, a good wow. stopping spot don't you that's think? a great stopping spot i think it's perfect stop judging kevin that's <laughs> right it, that's how we end up <laughs> and there's our title stop <laughs> judging. <laughs>
0: all right well the show notes for this week are at tehpodcast.com slash teh55 don't listen to any other url that's the right one i don't know where that came from you can also find us on facebook and twitter at the tehpodcast Thanks for listening. We'll see you again here next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: Bye.